So with a number of restaurants being forced to close their doors to the public in light of concerns related to COVID-19, many business owners have been left scratching their heads for what to do next. In today's episode, we'll explore some creative steps a restaurant owner can take to survive and potentially even thrive in this difficult time for the food industry. All this and more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. So welcome to an all new season of The Rightly Show. I'm really excited because there is a lot of new things that we're going to be exploring in the coming weeks and in the coming months. And if you didn't have a chance to to uh, catch my previous episode, make sure that you go back and you check that out. It's You can find it at rightly.show slash 82. But in that previous episode, what I did is I talked all about uh, what we're going to be doing here on The Rightly Show in the coming weeks, the types of episodes that I'm going to be creating for you. And I'm really excited because it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to be doing something that I had been doing pretty frequently with a lot of my clients and customers And that is taking specific types of businesses or even specific businesses and breaking down some some ways that we can actually begin to grow them from a marketing perspective and from a brand building perspective. If you've listened to me at all in the past, you know I'm a big proponent of regardless of how big the business is that you're trying to run, whether you're a freelancer and you're working all on your own or you run a big team at the end of the day, the thing that's going to distinguish you or going to determine your success is how much you are building a brand. And that's what this show is all about. So not to go into the whole brand philosophy too much, but to kind of recap that main point a little bit, a brand isn't a logo, a brand isn't a tagline, a brand is a promise that you make to your target customers and how you deliver on that promise. So that's why In these episodes, we're not just going to be covering what most people consider design. We're going to be covering a lot of strategies and tactics that somebody can use and implement on any type of business. So like I said, we're going to be talking about a fictional diner today, so a fictional restaurant. However, that doesn't mean that if you're running an online business, if you've got an online shop that sells t-shirts, it doesn't mean that there isn't something that you can take away from this. What we're doing is we're kind of flexing our creative muscles to start to train ourselves to think a particular way to stretch beyond the norms of what most people do in their businesses so that we can stand out and create outstanding products and services for the people that we want to serve. Okay, so today we're talking about a restaurant and I'm going to make one up today and it's not not particularly creative, but I'm going to call today's example Bill's Diner. So let's say that Bill has a diner. He's been running it for 20 years. He's got a staff of, you know, cooks and waiters and waitresses and they Uh, And, you know, he's um, among many people during this current difficult time. And one of the things that has been happening across many different states is that uh, many dining areas have been closed to the public. This, of course, is going to be due to the COVID-19 and everything that's going on with that. 
So what a lot of businesses have been resorting to as a secondary option to be able to stay open and to continue to serve their customers has been to do takeout. So most of these places already offer takeout. The problem is that with these new changes, many business owners have been seeing, and I've seen a number of these in the news, have been seeing uh, major declines in sales, some some upwards of 70%. Some have been saying they've seen particularly because even though they offer takeout, most people, since they don't necessarily want takeout or for whatever other reason, just aren't dining out at these restaurants. So it's having a big impact, particularly for people in the food service industry. So since we're using that as our example, what we're going to be doing in today's episode is we're going to be exploring if I was in the situation, if I owned Bill's Diner, or if Bill of the fictional Bill's Diner called me and wanted some ideas for what to do, Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to bullet point some actual strategies and tactics that Bill could actually use to hopefully uh, kind of shift or swing his business in another direction to start to uh, hopefully uh, survive and even thrive during this difficult time. Before we get to that, I wanted to tell you about something that just came out Uh, that I am going to highly recommend, and that is a new free version of ConvertKit. So if you're not familiar with ConvertKit uh, or with why I recommend it, an email list, as we'll be talking about in this episode, is so essential to the success of any business or brand at all whatsoever. Uh, It's the place, it's essentially the lifeblood of your business. It's where your customers and prospects live in terms of your ability to reach them. Uh, Particularly for difficult times right now, having a good, strong, and engaged email list is an excellent way to be able to produce an income, uh, you know, at the drop of a hat, uh, as opposed to having to rely on other methods. Having control over your email list is super important, and ConvertKit makes that very easy. But what I'm really excited about is that they just recently created a free version. It used to be that uh, I would recommend people to convert kit and they had a little bit of a uh, challenge getting started because as it used to be, their starter plan was $29 a month. And uh, if you've already got a pretty, you know, established income from your business, for most people, it's a no brainer because uh, that email list is worth 20 times more than that monthly fee that they're paying for that email marketing. But for a lot of us, as we're just getting started, the challenge is that you don't necessarily have that income. So the great thing about ConvertKit is that they are offering a new free plan, which is free for up to 200 subscribers. You can send emails, you can create landing pages. I'm going to be releasing some tutorials in the coming months showing you how to uh, create some really dynamic and complex tagging. So you can tag customers based upon what they buy, whether or not they're customers. You can tag customer, you can create uh, automated drip sequences that over a course or period of time send emails out to specific customers who sign up through a form or who purchase a product. Great way to be able to upsell or to just deliver consistent, relevant value to people who sign up for your email newsletter or onto your email list in other ways in general. So if you'd like to take advantage of this, you can head on over to rightly.show slash convertkit. Again, that's rightly.show slash convertkit. Become a Rightly subscriber and never miss a thing. 
Go to rightly.show slash subscribe to get the latest tools, resources, videos, and more. Best of all, it's free. rightly.show slash subscribe. Okay, so before we dive into some of the things that I'm going to recommend as strategies or tactics or ideas, if you are a restaurant owner and you are actually listening into this episode because you are looking for some ideas and some tactics that you can apply to your business, first know that I myself have never run a restaurant. Uh, I am not a legal professional, nor am I up to speed on all of the code of contact, particularly uh, as they relate to the CDC and what you need to do in order to stay compliant for your restaurant. So take everything I'm telling you with a grain of salt. These are ideas that I'm applying, uh, that I'm tossing out there, things that you could do or try. But of course, uh, being compliant to the law and making sure that everything is up to code is something that takes higher priority than anything I'm telling you. So once again, in so much as these things uh, stay within the bounds of what works for you, your situation, and your state and local governments, those are going to always take priority. So that little disclaimer out of the way, let's go ahead and start diving into what we could do for Bill's Diner during this point in time. So here is what I'm going to start with is kind of the quickest solutions, the quickest things that we could do to help accommodate the problem of people not being able to dine into the restaurant. So first thing is I would recommend signing up for an account with Uber Eats, Postmates, and or Grubhub. So if you're not familiar with these services, essentially they're services that you can get your restaurant added to that then uh, through these individual websites, what what customers are able to do is take a look at your menu selection, right? And then they're able to order any number of items from that menu. They place the order and then that order goes to you, the restaurant owner or to the manager, whoever's currently running the facility. They receive it, they make the order, and then uh, whether it's Uber Eats or Postmates or Grubhub, a driver comes out and that particular driver comes and picks up that order and then supplies it to that customer. So that would be a great place to start, right? Because those websites, and I don't know, I'm not 100% sure if, if as a restaurant you can use all of them or if you're limited to one or how that would work from an infrastructure perspective. But what that's going to do is it's going to ensure that people in your area have a quick, easy way of being able to order from you. This is going to ensure that if you, what a lot of takeout restaurants will do is they'll just kind of have a phone number and say, call us if you want to be able to place an order. The benefit of something like Uber Eats, let's just use them as an example. Again, there's others like Postmates and Grubhub, but let's just use Uber Eats for now. The benefit of something like Uber Eats is that you get a pretty uh, expanded network of people, right? So if you're just relying on your phone number, that's great, but you're mainly going to be reliant then on customers who have had your food in the past, right? We're not necessarily going to, if let's say Sally down the street uh, and her family Uh, are looking for a place that serves a particular, just looking for a a nice local burger or something like that, and she just moved into your town two months ago, she may not necessarily know about your restaurant. However, if she opens up her Uber Eats app and starts scrolling through and she finds Bill's Diner, then she can place an order there. She now knows about you if you deliver a great customer service, 
Sally and her family might be back in the future. So again, a number of different uh, advantages you have to this. Number one, uh, people are going to find you otherwise wouldn't have known about you. Number two, people are going to order from you simply for the sake that you make it easy for them because you're available through an app that they regularly use. Okay, so that's a great way, great place to start. But we can take this a little bit further, right? So then the next thing that we would want to do is if we don't already, and I do realize that just I'll take a step back because some of the things that I'm going to propose now are a little bit more complex in nature and would take some time to develop. So this isn't something that you could necessarily roll out in a week or two, right? So these would, a lot of these would be helpful to have already in place. So if you're a person who's like, I'm getting ready to start a restaurant. So this would be the type of thing that you would want to work in. And the first of those things, aside from Uber Eats, would be creating a website, right? You knew I was going to go there because I'm a website developer, but it is true. Because see, during this particular situation where people can't dine in, Uber Eats is great, but it's also great to have your own system. What happens, let's say two years from now, I don't see this happening, but what if Uber Eats goes out of business or gets bought out or, you know, service doesn't maintain where it's been before? As a result, you start losing customers if you're reliant upon Uber Eats. If, however, you have your own website, what you're gonna be able to do is on that front page, and we're starting to talk a little bit from a design perspective, but what I'm gonna do on that front page is it's going to be clean and it's gonna be beautifully designed, and guess what we're gonna have? We're gonna have a ton of professionally taken photos. We're gonna hire a photographer photographer if we need to, but we're gonna have a bunch of beautiful photos of every different meal and menu item that we offer, right? So it's not just gonna be, you know, Susan with her smartphone snapping pictures of stuff that you stick on the counter. Now you're gonna hire a photographer, you're gonna get the lighting right, you're gonna take beautiful photos of every single meal. It's gotta rival McDonald's. I know that sounds like a tall order, but it is possible with a professional photographer, but you get them to come in there, get the proper lighting, take some photos of each individual meal, and you put those on the front page of your website, right? So people can see that. They can just, oh, look, I'm at Bill's well, I'm at Bill'sDiner.com. He's right here in town. Looks good. You click on one, and then what can you do? You can order it. So this would be an online shop, right? So this would be an online shop that somebody could then add Bill's, uh, you know, number one special to the cart, quote unquote. And then, of course, you'd have an online payment form. So this is going to be very similar to Uber Eats in theory in terms of the purchasing process, except for it's just your restaurant, right? Okay. So somebody goes in, they add the number one special, they add the drink, they all that stuff. So obviously we're over audio. So I, I'm trying to describe what this checkout process would look like, but you would add it to cart and then you'd have an, an extra added area where you could add a tip, right? That's very important. And then you would uh, schedule this for takeout, right? So they place the order, you, the uh, the uh, business owner would receive an email or a notification, or you would uh, have, you know, what I would do if I were running this restaurant is I would have a monitor or a screen that is dedicated to our website. And then every si- single time someone places an order, that order would show up on the screen so that the cooks could get started on the order to ensure that it's ready once they show up. So then it's available for takeout. 
right? And then what you can also do on that website is have your phone number for those people who want to call in. And if you want to make it super easy, you make sure that in your mobile version, right, which is just you have a responsive website so that uh, it's not necessarily that you're going to a separate website, right? I've seen a lot of people out there who would do like m.mywebsite.com. Don't do that. You just need to have a site that's designed to adapt uh, automatically to different screen sizes. It's called responsive web design. But what we're going to do here is we're going to make it so that when somebody is viewing this on a mobile device, it's not going to have your phone number. It's just going to have an icon somewhere at the top right-hand corner of a phone. They tap that and it automatically calls you. So if they're on a phone, they're out and about. Again, it's all about making it easy. Put as little friction in front of the customer as you possibly can. And that is the one of the best ways to ensure that you maximize the number of orders that you're going to get. Okay, so they tap that phone icon, they call you up, and they say, I'd like to order a number three. There you go for takeout, right? Okay, so we've kind of started to solve the problem of how we can start to produce more orders, right? So we're going to create that connection with Uber Eats, Postmates, Grubhub, one of those. Then we're also going to set up an online shop, so to speak, of our website that makes it super easy for people to make online orders for takeout, right? So that's great. So now let's start to talk about a little bit more of the customer experience. And again, I'm going to revert back to that original disclaimer I made. This may or may not work based upon your current setup or situation. And again, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to refer to state laws and regulations in terms of how all this would work. But from a bird's eye view, a practical approach to how I would handle this is it would handle takeout a little bit different. I wouldn't have somebody necessarily walk into the restaurant in order to pick it up. It may actually be better to avoid that anyways. Instead, what I would do is I would set up designated parking spots in front of the restaurant. That's kind of like a drive-through, right? Except for not. It's not like you drive up and order. You've already ordered. You just need to pick it up. So what you do is you have a person pull into any number of spaces. Maybe you've got five. Maybe you've got 10 spaces designated at the front of the restaurant specifically for takeout. All they have to do is they park in slot one through five. They park in slot one. Uh, you have one of your employees make sure that uh, they are cognizant if you want to be really super uh ahead of the curve you make sure you have like a security camera so you can always see how many cars are out there waiting and then what you would do is uh perhaps even through the ordering process you could assign them a slot so you go wait for your uh for your uh takeout at parking spot one or parking spot two if you want to be really sophisticated otherwise you have a runner go out there find out what order they have you bring that order out to them and they drive away uh, it's much more efficient even perhaps than a drive through because at that point you're able to serve four or five customers at once. They drive in, you bring their order out to them, they drive off, right? So it's a way not only to make it super simple for them, but also it helps uh, to ensure that you're serving as many customers as possible because to my very limited understanding of how restaurants work, you've kind of got like these spike periods, right? So if you're a diner around noon, lunchtime, you're going to see an uptick in orders. Then it's going to kind of taper off once you get to like two or three in the afternoon. Then around five or six towards dinner, it's going to spike again, right? So you want to prepare for that to make sure that at your very busiest times, 
you have uh, the capacity to continue the standards of quality that's going to be required in order for that to continue. Okay, so now that we've da- we've tackled the drive-in approach or solution to the approach for our restaurant, next let's talk a little bit about our email list. Remember, because that's so important. So what we want to make sure that we're doing is that after uh, with each person who is purchasing with us at our restaurant, most of the time, what you're going to want to do is ensure that you're collecting their email address as they place their order. And the great reason for this, for the customer's perspective in particular, obviously you want to be adding people to your email list, but that way you'll be able to email them a receipt, right? A confirmation so that they have a record of the purchase that they made. That's really important for any type of online shop. But here's something that you can do with that email address. And again, remember, we don't want to spam people. We don't want to annoy people with emails that we send them. We're not collecting emails so that we can push more sales. Yes, we would like that to happen eventually, but the point is to use that in order to serve them better. Okay, place an order. They get an email confirmation. Here's what you could do. We talked about ConvertKit earlier. Create a follow-up email that automatically gets sent out, let's say three days later, and you only want to send this out once or maybe twice. You don't want to keep sending it every single time that somebody places an order with you because it's going to get it's going to get old. First, you want to thank someone for the order. That's the initial, you know, portion of the email that gets sent out. Second, and this is particularly important based upon the current situation. Uh, of having a difficult time, particularly, you know, producing income up front to keep the restaurant running. And I'm not the first one to come up with this. I've heard other people suggest this as well, but it's a gift card system, right? So what you want to do, send someone an email and say something like this, say, uh, as a headline, here's what I would do for the subject of the email. Say, keep dinner covered, right? Because it's very busy. There's a lot of stress and anxiety right now. You can take this off the list of the things that you have to worry about. Don't worry about cooking dinner. We've got you covered here at Bill's Diner. So buy a gift card to ensure that you always have what you need. Why is this helpful? Well, it's helpful for the person because they're already going to have, let's say, 50 or $100 that they've already set aside in their mind. They already know that they have uh, dinner taken care of for the next couple of weeks or maybe just twice a week or whatever it's going to be. From the business perspective, this is extremely helpful, particularly for small business owners, because what this is going to do is help them ensure that they have kind of the cash up front to ensure that they're keeping things moving forward. So that would be the first piece. You could either do this in the same email or even in a second follow-up email, which would be, uh, is there someone you can uh, help or serve during this difficult time? Give a Bill's Diner gift card and make it really easy. Make it so that it's just like a $25 or $50 gift card by default. They click one button in the email. That goes to your online shop, automatically fills in the information. So all they have to do is just fill out like their credit card information so that they can check out and then email a digital gift card to anybody that they want. This is going to do a number of things, right? Because from the customer's perspective, it's going to help them start to Uh, Think about other people, people who uh, may need some extra help or who just tossing extra meal their their direction may be super helpful. Also, um, from the business perspective, it's going to do two things. 
one, it's going to spread awareness to somebody who may not already know that you exist, right? And then number two, of course, you get that extra added sale that's going to increase uh, the ability for you to be able to maintain and grow during the difficult times. So let's go ahead and let's take and expand that gift card uh, concepts a little bit further because I think that's something that could be super powerful. Again, regardless of the situation, particularly now, but in any situation, gift cards are great, particularly for small businesses. So here's what I would do. Beyond adding uh, the menu to the front page of the website, which I would do, I would add it towards the top, somewhere highly visible, is a spot where you tell people about the gift card, right? And you can add extra incentives if you want to do something like create a Bill's Diner t-shirt that you give to people who sign up. You don't even necessarily have to call it a gift card. You can call it a rewards program or something like that. But uh, you could even do something... Uh, like keep these gift cards totally digital and make it so that uh, on your website under the, their account, uh, they could uh, perhaps uh, they could perhaps even beyond just having a, a, a physical or a, a actual gift card, they could have a balance that gets maintained, right? So uh, that sort of thing. This is actually a really useful way of approaching this and. Uh, Starbucks is actually a company that does this really well, right? So what Starbucks will do is you've got like star rewards points and you can fill up your gift card right there within the app. So this is something that's possible through an online shop. Uh, I develop mainly WooCommerce, but again, this is something that you can do on the web, make it super easy so that people can always up and fill uh, the balance that they have available. Or again, sending a gift card to enable people to do that as well. So I was doing a little bit of research and if you just want some basic gift cards, one of the things that you could do is Square actually does gift cards as well as a POS or point of service. So there's a ton of options out there that would make it uh, super simple for a business owner to start incorporating some sort of gift card. Okay, and then the last idea I wanted to toss out there, again, very particular to the situation we're in right now, but again, something to consider in terms of thinking outside the box and being able to serve more customers and your community as a whole. And that would be doing something that you could call something along the lines of take and keep meals, right? So again, you would have to be very careful in terms of how you're living, uh, you're producing these up to code and shelf life and all those things. So again, those are all things that would have to be kept in mind. But as a general idea, what you would do is take and prepare special menu items that could be frozen and then warmed later uh, as a, uh, you know, as a weekly meal, right? So you could technically buy you know, almost in bulk, right? You could buy like a week's worth of meals that could just be warmed up, heated up. Uh, they could be stored in a freezer and then heated up later. This could help families big time because you'd be able to save time. You'd be able to have a nice meal and that all you have to do is warm up. There's a company uh, that you may have heard out about that actually does this standard, which is Papa Murphy's Take and Bake Pizza, right? You don't, you actually buy it and it's like frozen or not frozen, but it's uh, you take it home and cook it. So you could do something similar. You could keep your regular menu items, but then add on new menu items that could be stored and frozen for, I don't know, up to a week, right? You'd want to definitely make sure 
that she would uh, consider how long that time period would need to be. Big, bold expiration dates to make sure you're keeping everyone safe and healthy. But again, you're, uh, you're pivoting to help and to serve uh, more customers with a particular problem they might have, um, while at the same time keeping uh, sales going for your business. You're in, you know, increasing the amount of uh, ways that you're serving people while at the same time increasing sales. So you could create, what I would do is create a number of packages. You could create like a single standalone frozen meal and then you could create like a kit that would have like five meals for like a, a week, uh, excluding weekends, obviously. But it would have uh, something that they could show up. It would something that you keep, prepare and keep frozen. You can have that shelf life on there. And it comes in a nice, nice, beautiful box that people could buy alongside like their dinner for that evening. So again, I know we've tossed out a ton of ideas, but that's really what we're going to be doing on this show. We're going to be thinking through and considering how we can take a customer experience to the next level, not only to build our brand, but to find new creative and innovative ways to serve our target customers. So again, even if you don't own a restaurant, hopefully there's some things in here that you could see that you could start applying to the old to your own way of serving your clients and your customers. So as I mentioned before, I always want to hear from you as well. So if you're currently running a business and maybe you're having some challenges or you're getting ready to start one and you just want some ideas for how to push that beyond what other people in your industry are doing, feel free to head on over to rightly.show slash question. Uh, feel free to ask a question there or just a general question in relating, uh, related to WordPress or building a brand. And I'd be more than happy to consider featuring that on a full length episode. So that's it for this episode. Like I said, we're going to be coming out with new and future episodes in the future where I'm going to be talking quite a bit about some new and innovative approaches that we can take to creating businesses and brands that create a lasting impact. So I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing.